New Pope, who dis? Hey everybody, welcome back to the officially unofficial podcast for HBO's The New Pope. I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Cecily. And uh, tragically, Jim still just never recovered from that coma. I guess he wasn't a saint. <laughs> I guess he wasn't a saint. Uh, or God ma- or anything. Maybe, maybe in the four years it takes us to get the other Pope, uh, he'll make a recovery. We'll have to see. Everybody mm-hmm. pray. Pray real hard. Make him a man, <laughs> Lord. Uh, so this was the finale episode, and what a finale it was. I was so pleased and so happy with some things we got. Like when we got to uh, Pius Thirteenth in his triple crown, triple Chiara crown or whatever. So good. Oh, like that was some of my favorite scenes from the young Pope and him just dominating those goddamn cardinals. Oh, right. And just eating and just chewing the scenery. And it's just he's not wrong you yeah. just ha- every 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 time i see these things i'm like oh i remember this is why lenny is such an asshole but i'm I, like he's not wrong though when he comes in those double doors and he's standing on his you know carried throne all i could hear is like uh prince ali from only it's like make <laughs> from way for pope lenny <laughs> Yes. <laughs> like it's, you, you could make a better entrance if there was elephants and ostriches and dudes twirling swords no, involved. No, you don't need it. No, it's it's great. I so how I feel about this episode is a lot. Of, it makes reminds me how I feel like whenever you look at like a beautiful painting, mm-hmm. where I definitely have my thoughts and opinions and feelings. I don't know that I can point to any one thing in this 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 impressionist painting that says those things. But they're they're my thoughts and feelings that I had from looking at this beautiful piece of artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, Overall, I think this was a perfect season, just like I think the first one was. If we don't get any more, then that's fine. Yeah. But if there is more story to tell, I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll be perfect, and it'll take the time it needs. But I I think this was just like perfect. The, the one thing that like I think would make it truly perfect is if I and maybe this is why it's so good. Um, I don't know what this project's opinion on the catholic well i think it i don't know what's opinion on the catholic church is or what the catholic church should be doing because it seems like uh you know god in this universe is a hardcore real politics guy yeah you know that he uh the people that are really uh idealistic or altruistic get punished and people who are able to kind of like cloak themselves in shades of gray and you know tend towards the good even though individually they might tend towards the maximally evil is what god supports and i that's an interesting thesis but um maybe god is actually jp3 because he's a middle way guy mm, yeah i don't know yeah i don't know that seems blasphemous but uh no i i, I absolutely love and agree with this that you know when it comes to the terrorists on either side the people who just worship at the feet of Lenny, that's just, you know, total unwavering, you know, unquestioning devotion isn't the answer either. And that's not great. It it is. Sick sick loves, which is a theme of this uh, season, like love in uh, love. That's a pure thing, twisted and perverted into fanaticism, Mm -hmm. into uh, predatory behavior, into abuses of power. Um, and all, all those things are bad versus healthy love, which, um, you know, Pius Thirteenth included all the things that uh, John Paul included towards the end where, you know, John Paul reached out to people who are gay, people who are poor, people who feel betrayed and isolated by society. Uh, Linny is now including all of those in his embrace, um, and has welded the Catholic, uh, 
laity together into an amor uh, into a giant uh, ball of moderation. <laughs> right. Uh, so let's talk about it. Let's yeah. let's talk. Let's start with the intro, which I thought was amazing. Like having this new pope versus young pope collision course, like Jay Z, Lincoln Park. Uh, it was really rock star. Yeah, on both on both of them looked amazing. Yeah, and they're like two completely like John Paul is wreathed in his papal power. He's in his full regalia. He's flanked by the red monolith. Uh, he's stately floating through the. Uh, the marble wall uh, hallways of the Vatican and Lenny is just Lenny is just uh I, he's all fainting those beach, women at his feet yeah all those beach all those beach scenes are in a fantasy heaven world they are and I also went back and watched all the beach scenes and they're all cut differently it's not the exact same thing every time I know yeah I noticed that too uh something I noticed in this particular you sure one did. <laughs> I, which is a trend that I'm having, but mm -hmm. Sophia Dubois breaks her ankle hard. Yeah, like it's got. A, she's wearing these giant heels on the beach, heels, yep. and they've shot. I mean, they've done this in however many takes, and one of them she blew out her ankle, and that's the one they went with. Yeah, and I noticed on the show Lock and Key, and I posted this on Twitter. Uh, a kid jumps off a log and also breaks his ankle. So yeah, I have an eye for it. You're you're the ankle breaker noticer. <laughs> but yeah, if you're looking for I'm this, I'm worried about people's feet. The last shot of Sophia on the beach in the intro, as she's kind of sidestepping with the tray. Mm -hmm. Watch her right foot, her her back foot. I yeah. think it's her back foot. Yeah, I'm gonna post this on Twitter too. <laughs> it fucking buckles like a. <laughs> Uh, a, a poorly maintained suspension bridge. Um, yeah, but you know, ever the professional, she you can't tell from looking at oh, her yeah. face. Oh yeah, played through the pain, played through the pain. Yeah, uh, you gotta love Sophia. So I also want to talk about uh, two other things. Uh, I don't know what to fit. Uh, Bug eyes, McGee. This this, this guy's got like Remy Malik eyes, and Sorrentino's instructed him to go to maximum bulge. I think he snort, snorted three lines of coke and drank three pots of coffee and. Yeah, this was getting is... a was getting a, a tattoo on the most sensitive part of his body. <laughs> yeah. This guy has to be related in some way to the toy store manager from Jingle All the Way Three. Wow, what or two Jingle All the Way Two? Oh yeah, yeah. The uh, what an obscure reference. I saw this guy also show up in Sabrina on Netflix in the third season. For real? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Uh, for a more topical reference, and he's terrifying, but it's got to. I mean, it's just got to be a very much the poster child for all the pressure JP3's feeling. Yeah, and I wonder why they chose to reflect it in this priest's face. Like, is there, are they suggesting that... Um, it seem, feels like intense scrutiny. Yeah. The pressure, you're supposed to feel the pressure that uh, John Paul, like all the, you're supposed to imagine all the bishops and cardinals are looking at him this way, mm -hmm. all the friars and fathers um so they also i also want to say before we move out to kind of just intro general thoughts um it's interesting because how stagey the scenes of violence are um and they continue to be throughout this entire season and i started i was struck by how anti-american this way of filmmaking is because yeah. in america we can splatter guts we can decapitate we can torture we can skin and as long as the shots are framed a certain way you can get away with pg-13 even and then in r-rated movies like a mature television there's literally no no restraint to the physical violent depravity you can get up to um and no one no one really bats an eye but it's one of the things i saw 
you know, over and over again and looking at other places on the internet where the new Pope is discussed is people decrying like the sexual content, the nudity yes. and saying, oh, it just takes me. And I'm like, it's so fucked up because Sorrentino is like filming sex and eroticism the way Quentin Tarantino films violence. Almost the exact, exact same way. Like just, you know, uh, beautifully and lavishly in ways that draw the eye and and feed that part of your soul but it's weird that as americans uh we're way less comfortable with that than we are with the aforementioned gut splattering and flesh ripping uh right yeah if that priest had blown his brains out and you'd seen it in explicit detail it wouldn't have as much of a problem as they would with a bunch of nude people purifying themselves yeah, or, in the ocean the idea of uh you know a husband and wife doing you know some jerk off game like oh that's, yeah that is like the the suggestion that that happened got way more people uncomfortable than if they had blown that kid that that priest brains out and blood actually spattered over those children right anyway just just uh something i think is i think something i think is interesting that i must talk about in a pseudo beatles accent uh with a little bit of southern twang apparently it's, it's morphing it's migrating i don't know what's happening uh let's talk about jp3 he had his angelus Angelus, of course, is this big uh, prayer ceremony to Mary and uh, speech that he gives out onto the square. So, okay, I have a question about this as he's walking out. You know, he's got the bug eye guy staring at him, mm-hmm. and it's a room full of people, as we've seen many times over. Everyone's watching the, the eyes wings. of the world are on him, and those guy, that guy has the eyes of the world. Right. And he closes his eyes and takes a breath for a moment, and he opens them, and everyone else is gone. That's just his imagination, right? That's him centering himself, and he goes to Gutierrez, and he asks if he's nervous, and he says, when I want to, I know how to take the stage. Wink. Yeah. Is that him just saying, like, he closed his eyes and centered in a place where he tunes everyone out and does what he needs to do? Because that's how I interpreted it. Yeah, like I, and and I think it ties into what he said earlier about, um, you know, when, when people try to threaten him, he was very easy to threaten a scandal, it turns out. But his big talk about, you know, being immune to scandal was like, I was taught that, you know, I am a different class of people and that reputations is something that the petite bourgeoisie worry about. And I've been taught that, you know, form polished to perfection equals this mytholo- you know, mythological status is untouchable. And I think he you're supposed to understand he's retreating to that training. Like he is he is mentally making himself into the image of this regal noble pope. Mm-hmm. Uh and he then then who cares whether he's the punk papa, papa punk, or who cares <laughs> if he's a heroin addict, who cares who cares of any of that stuff. He's just better than 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 everybody. Right. And, and he is going to then use that position to abase himself before everyone and say that I'm also the lowest of you and you know that's going to that's going to sell. Yeah. I think what this is what you should aspire to and he sees you. Mhm. Yeah. Because he's you know it's like also it's kind of um if a guy like John Paul III is depressed mm-hmm. who has unfathomable wealth and lives in terrific comfort surrounded by beautiful arts and lavish estates if he can still have like you know the thing that really stood out to me is like the inconsolable weeping the caverns of our loss the emptiness the the repeating incurable thought of ending it all and then shouting nothing like that's really arresting to hear mm-hmm. a pope 
talk about anguish and loss and grief and depression in that way. And you could see how moving it was to the, the people standing in the court. Right. And you see all the faces and they're all people that look like us. They look like people you'd see on the street and... It's yeah. it's absolutely something you can re- relate to, yeah, and that's the pope we want. There's punks out there. There's there's punks for Catholic, uh, uh, punks for punks and, and goth. Punk, pope, we got a pope for all of you. Yeah, there was a couple <laughs> people with like physical uh, disfigurements and whatnot. Like there's the it's yeah, the church should be a force that that welcomes all. Like you know the the, the powerful say you can't be here, and the powerless say where do we go? And mm-hmm. the answer is the church. You should be able to go to the church. And it works on Lenny too. Lenny has softened his position on accepting a lot of these outcast type people. Lenny's and a really it, interesting figure, yeah. And I thought this was actually very insightful when I wrote it down, but in retrospect, it's kind of obvious. But you see the terrorists watching on TV that are in that are holding Don Antonio hostage, and this is connecting with them too. Yeah, that's the one thing I I don't know if I I don't know that I want. I don't know if I I believe that. I, although I guess it's like because like um, maybe because I'm trying to think of like the opposite were true. Like if you had a moderate iman in some kind of. But, but the terrorists are the people are just no. The I, what I'm saying is like okay. I don't un, I don't know that I buy that like terrorists would be swayed by this kind of like right. in, in, inclusive embracing. They would say they'd probably say that's some weak. That's some weak bullshit you're you're preaching there. That's not the God that we recognize. But I'm trying to think of like the reverse, because uh, I try to think of the reverse. Like let's say that like you know in in the on the eve of a big war between some Christian nation and and uh, some Muslim nation, uh, you had a moderate imam uh, of a very powerful faction of of, of uh, Islam preach something like this. Like you know like this is all silly. We should all be together. Right. Uh, God loves everyone. And you cut to like, uh, you know, far right wing isolationist anti-Muslim people like in a bar someplace in in America. And and are they going to ha- are they going to be like dabbing their eye? I, I just I, it's, it seems silly to me. Like it's like I can see like moderates being swayed by stuff like that. But like to the, to the extent that you're wearing dynamite vests and picking up arms, ah, it didn't work on Esther and uh, the redheaded lady for sure. No, no, no. I think that Lenny is the person, I mean, the show asserts this, that Lenny is the person who would drive those people into... So they're not they're not hearing John Paul III and thinking, oh, this is a message of love and acceptance to us. They're thinking this is an implicit threat. No, no, no. I think that when JP3 speaks, uh-huh. th- that they feel seen and understood, but I think that Lenny is the one who would drive you into motivated action Hmm. okay um i think that that you know i think the one-two punch of john paul the third softening you up and you know seeing you and understanding you and making you feel welcome and then lenny with this guy at his right hand is the one who could make them yeah i can totally see a good cop bad cop i'm just saying the way this was shot and framed is like the terrorists kind of like grabbing their chins and be like oh yeah those jp3 guys talk I, i thought that was kind of dumb okay let's talk about um this big collision course that we talked about uh jp3 and p13 coming together uh it's interesting because lenny is dressed as a simple priest and sir john is dressed in his full papal regalia regalia and yet lenny 
when offered by the Pope, refuses to kiss Darun. He which starts this jockeying for power. Yeah, he does it in a really tasteful way. You know, he's not just like looking at him and making it explicit. It's not a power. It's more of like, uh, we're f- mm. at best, you're first among equals, buddy. Yeah, I'm just here to remind you yeah. of who and what I am. Yeah, I'm just a miraculously raised personal messenger of God. I'm the fucking Metatron. Uh, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna humiliate you. I'm not gonna make you kiss my ring, but come on. Yeah. I mean, the use of space here is incredible. Yes. Yes. This whole shot, the, the scene composition, the way they, uh, got all the movement. So it's kind of like this positional fighting and retreat. It felt like, you know, like a following a campaign map in like World War II or whatever. Like people right. advance, people retreat, uh, people cross lines. They are stopped short. Um, Lenny refuses to kiss the ring and then he goes into like the back half of the portion. So yeah, he's defer- he's deferring to him. Absolutely. But still. Yeah. And, and so they they start the, the tension of this episode, which is I represent an uncertainty and a doubt. I represent this Heisenberg proposition to the terrorist where if I reveal myself and say fire and blood, there'll be a billion radical Catholics overnight. Like this is this 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 will be something that is a a force that will change the world. And right now, your advantage is you do have an edge on fanaticism. There's more, or, or maybe not more, but they're the fanatics they have are more fanatic, and they're more willing to use violence. Um, but we can change that. That this uncertainty, this this doubt is not just a weapon; it's a bomb, and we can use that to force them to release the children. Um, and then John Paul III is like, okay, Lenny, fine. That's that's fine. But you know what? I'm the Pope, and the middle way is to all of us pray and let the earthly authorities handle this. And Lenny says, yeah, you're right. You're the Pope. But, you know, I was there when you were weeping over your, your brother's grave, and it's pretty firmly establishes Lenny is – but, okay – the other thing is, Lenny also says at the Madonna and Doctor's home that he's an intuitive man. It wouldn't take a huge leap of the imagination for in, for Lenny to come up with enough information about uh, John Paul III to know that this is something he did, and he could drop it there as a way to influence him. Absolutely, but I am of the belief that that's not true. Yeah, I'm. I think that Lenny's magic in the show, mm-hmm. and God's real, and he's using Lenny in what I would consider is an inscrutable way, mm-hmm. which is very on brand for, for God. Very mysterious. <laughs> very on brand. Um, but yeah, and he says that you're going to have to resign yourself to believing in me, and Sir John is really shook, uh, especially since Lenny's very formal in how he addresses him. John, John, you're just going to have to resign yourself to believing in me. Right, and the way that they frame this as he's... You know, he's on the other side of the screen, like he's the confessor. Yeah. And, you know, he's the confessee. Yeah. I think that that's, you're going to have to believe in that. Yeah. So this leads to them uh, formally sharing power. Uh, They came up to some agreements and there's a lot of interesting commentary about how much of this next back and forth is actually pre-planned by Lenny and and, uh, Sir John and how much of this is just... Uh, the two men reacting naturally to the course of events. But, however, uh, Lenny's interest in the Triple t- uh, Crown Tiara and his full regalia uh, with Pope John Paul III uh, sitting at his literal right hand when he comes in. Uh, and he just, 
dominates these guys. He establishes, you know, what power is, and that means guiding or controlling a person's heart to rule their emotions. Mm -hmm. And then he says, uh, you know, my reappearance is a secret, and if you break it, I will know how to punish you. <laughs> and he, these, these cardinals, these powerful, venal, conspiring, conniving men, when he says, I want you in absolute silence with your eyes closed to concentrate and ask for my forgiveness and resolve to never again that I, a wretched man, will fail to believe in Pius XIII. And they pan around, and other than JP3, every cardinal, eyes tightly screwed shut, praying their fucking hearts out. Uh-huh. It's amazing. He did it again. He dominated these guys. Right. And the way he delivers his line of this is true power directly into the camera, mm -hmm. it just, whew, it just sends shivers down your spine. It's really good. So, yeah, to your point about whether or not this was pre-planned, I feel like it had to be. Otherwise, John Paul III would have complied in closing his eyes, right? I think so but like he's is, also a uh you know they've said all season long that he is a masterful at taking the stage and that he's using his weakness as he could potentially be using his weakness as a benefit or a weapon so like seeing him kind of like be take mild offense at some of the stuff or be surprised at some of the things linear saying <laughs> that all feeds into that theme it's you know as, as two men who are very used to you know the power and the effect they have over people mm -hmm. i think jp3 is just kind of like blown away at the audacity of it all and how effective it is yeah like there's no he couldn't do the things that Linny is doing here. right and we know that jp3 hasn't been around he hasn't been a part of the curia or you know going to any of his speeches obviously in public so this is the first time he's really seen him have this power in real life yeah and he has a couple other things. He praises Voyello and explicitly says he has power over all of you, um, which reminded me a lot of like the, some of the things that Christ said to uh, Jesus Christ said to the Apostle Peter about him being uh, the rock mass in which he'd build a church, uh, that's, um, and that he was kind of the, had a special friendship with him, and that he was kind of the boss of the other apostles. I felt like this is going to feed into the conclusion where Viello becomes the 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 new new pope <laughs> maybe yeah the old i think the if he's becomes the, the pope and we get us and we get a season out of it i think he's gonna be the old pope mm. um but oh, you know the old pope right we haven't had an old pope yet what just occurred to me is that god is a really complicated character here yes, he is. because he believes in voyello if lenny believes in voyello then god does too yep and Voyello was planning on having Pope Francis II taken out, but Lenny did it with his pinky wave. Mm -hmm. Super complex, super, you know, muddy on their uh, pope belief which, in murder. Which, that's the other thing. The Pope that seemed to espouse genuine Christ-like ideals, Francis II, gets taken out by this holy man. Right. God, you know, God likes a little bit of, he God's likes a, a little bit of flash. God's a moderate. Know? God's voting Biden yeah. uh, in this election, <laughs> in, the, in the primaries. Uh, God likes his ring kiss. Yeah, he does. A little bit of a he drama does. queen. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, God's an establishment kind of guy. <laughs> he's capitalist for sure, yeah. <laughs> so uh, he then praises like what the Marvel's job of uh, JP3 has done, getting people out of the rooms and the ditches of uncertainty, something that Lenny wasn't very good at. Like Lenny was like uh, appealing to the, the, the Catholic 
uh, crazies, you know, getting them to crawl through the narrow door. Now, John Paul III has got them all following them, and they've got this one big base, and he says, I've, I've formed the angry base of a young Catholic army, and if need be, I will arm, exp- uh, expand, arm, and inspire them. He commands the Cardinals to be his red backdrop. Don't trust me, and trust yourself to me. And then he asked them all to pray for Don Antonio and these six children. And this fucking shot of all of the priests doing the cruci... Uh, what did they call that? The, the, the You went to Catholic school. I went to Lutheran school. It's a oh, little different. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's like, it's like it's when God the, shoots and just wings you. It's not the cruciform, right? <laughs> God shoots an arrow at your heart and he just, gets, he just hits you in the arm. <laughs> and you become a Lutheran. I believe it's called the spectacles, testicles, wallet, and watch. Yeah. yeah. It's the sign of the cross. <laughs> they make the sign of the cross and they fold their hands and they bow their heads and they intensely pray. And Lenny's in the middle of it ensconced in all this Catholic power armor. And it's fucking great. And what's, I forget the unfortunate cardinal who's always kind of Viello's whipping boy. Uh, I can see it in my head. Aguirre Aguirre's or so, something, yeah, something like that. Yeah, something like that. He's like, uh, so who's the Pope now? And Viello's like, just shut up and pray, idiot. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. So now, emboldened by uh, this this uh, reaction he's had amongst the Cardinals, uh, he we see him having his heart monitored, reminding us that still may be a problem here, miraculous mm-hmm. recovery or no. And he says, you know, when a man threatens children in the name of God, he's declaring war. And a modern church wouldn't respond to provocations, which echoes back to Sophia's intro, but I am ancient and I will destroy them. And he dictates a message for the the Pope, the actual new Pope, to deliver on the square. And it's powerful. It's like, yes, you are despicable, and yes, you are already dead. Um, but if you do not release them, I will come to you, and I will come to you with God and iron, faith and fire, and I will not be alone. And that is like a big provocation. He's essentially saying, if I have to come there to rescue these children, I'm going to have if it's not going to be with police. It's not going to be with, uh, you know, official chant. It's going to be with just a bunch of crazy fucking Catholics with guns and Molotovs and pipe bombs. Right. And this I think the subtext is there enough that the recipient of the message, whatever version of a terrorist it is, knows that or knows or wants it to be Lenny knows mm-hmm. that it, the, you know, if he's speaking to the Iman, then it, they know that Lenny is the one that's going to show up because that's what the whole thing is about. Yeah, indeed. You know who ironically is not happy with all this fire and blood, uh, fire and brimstone rather. I'm going a little too game of Thrones and less, uh, Vatican, uh, God who? Bauer. Oh, isn't it interesting that Bauer is ringing, like, who has been identified as a, pers- a personification of God, is kind of wringing his hand and be like, "What are you doing? This is not, this is not the middle path. This is not the middle way." He's right, and uh, he's he's not happy with that. He said, "You know, we've been working our ass off, uh, coordinating all these responses from all these countries to put pressure on these guys to withdraw, and you're going to fuck things up." and he has this uh, American general, General Parker, in the back to kind of confirm, you know, he's, he's moved up in worlds. He was threatening people with a creepy priest. Now he's threatening people with uh, a four-star general. Um, but he's asked, it's like, you know, in the event of a war, will the U.S. be willing to save the Vatican's ass? And the general says no. Um, and also Bauer threatens to assassinate Lenny. And Voyello is hilarious. He's like, what, what, what are you doing here? Are you going to kill him? God will just bring him back, you know? <laughs> right. And Bauer's like, you haven't fought a war since the 16th century. And if you declare a war, you might have to fight one. And then uh, Viello 
explains how he sees it that like you think about all how catholic eastern europe is how many armies have special forces units that wear uh you know uh rose rosaries mm-hmm. uh and are devout catholics he, he names uh former fighters from the yugoslavian wars the ukraine freedom fighters lithuanian special forces and the general confirms that that's that's an, uh, an accurate analysis and he says see we might be rusty but we know a thing or two about <laughs> about fighting war and he corrects him he's like we're not fighting a war on islam we're you know this is a distinction that is tried to be made by a lot of western powers we're fighting islamic terrorists and we're going to do that by essentially destroying catholic moderation mm. you know it'll it won't be something that we have to actually declare it's just like it'll be a nest Lenny rising from the dead as a second coming would just whip him up into a fervor and what are you going to do mm-hmm. um but he also teases that we also by pursuing this strategy might have a lasting peace i still don't understand and i know this this the key to this understanding is uh understanding voello and the caliphate's uh, uh spokespersons mm-hmm. back and forth and i don't i don't i don't understand fully that I don't either, especially with the way everything turns out to be. I I think, you know, Voyel has been wrong about things before, so, mm-hmm. you know, and Lenny was even wrong in this episode, so I'm not sure. Because the, the, the terrorist guy, let's try to unpack this. He says, we don't even care about Europe anymore. We consider it like uh, an a bl- uh, old block in a city no one goes to. There's shops. Like, why do I want to break into a shop that's been long abandoned? Um, you know, the real action is, I don't know, the real action's in the South Pacific, the real action's in Africa, the real right. action's in South America, like the Europe, who cares? Um, and the show, I thought, was telling us that that was the, sh- the extent of, of how much they're bluffing. Or how much they're that that uh, they or how afraid they are of Lenny, but they because they want to kind of like walk back their own terrorist acts. But then the show tells us that this latest batch, at least of terrorism, was clearly fanatical Catholics, and they imply that all of the European terrorism. So I guess that attack in Africa was actually done by the caliph, the caliph. Maybe. Well, they, they said, said that they didn't do it. Well, but 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 I'm saying that like then Bauer later confirms that all of this European Catholic terrorism has was not done by the caliph. Caliph. Right. But I think the the opening one where they gunned down a whole bunch of nuns in oh, remember in Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that implies that they did do that because they have been on TV for a reason. Yeah. Because yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're definitely up to something, but uh-huh. they're saying that all of like Catholic specific things lately. But we're, I don't. I don't know. How, so so. But but they're not the red hooded woman doing that stuff. Like I don't understand why Catholics would shoot down a whole bunch of people in Lourdes, or why they would bomb the Basilica of Saint Peter. I mean, I think that's yeah. I, I I'm not sure. Maybe, Maybe the re- show is asserting that all these people have good reasons. Like we believed last episode that Faisal did the bombing of the Basilica, but it turns out he was set free. Maybe yeah, he did he, do it. Maybe he did do it, but they f- were able to blame it on the hoodie fanatics because they're committing these acts of terrorism. And I'm, and that, I think we're supposed that's to possible, be possible. But yeah. here's another way I, I, I've just kind of pieced together. 
the uh, the massacre at Lord was a reaction to Francis II being the nuns did it because they couldn't go. No, it's a reaction <laughs> to Francis II's assassination. Like that's Catholic rage at the church running amok. And then the bombing of the Basilica happened when Lenny, they started trying to suppress the truth about Lenny, setting off another wave of Catholic fanaticism. And then the latest is them refusing to provide the body. And this, uh, you know, what Viello was whipping up was something that he cooked up with uh, Pius XIII to whip the Catholics into frenzy. And it worked. And there's a lot of complicated feelings about this. So... We're going to talk about all this Esther uh, plot here in a bit. Right. But at this point, um, they killed the Catholic priest uh, in front of the children. Mm -hmm. And the Pius XIII just is brought low. He says, I'm worthless. I'm ra I'm a rash, a rational child. I'm responsible for these murders. Which, you know, he this was his his call. Um, but then we also get the... Um, we get the scene where Bauer and Vuelo has this conversation with the caliph's uh, uh, representative. Um, this time, Lenny gets down and kisses JP3's ring, but he says, hey, look, they came in and met with us. This is confirmation confirmation that it's 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 them. And JP3 brings them up short and says, are you, you know, essentially, are you good? Are you evil? Are you God, the devil? I don't care. Mm -hmm. You're just a priest and I'm the fucking pope. And Lenny is ready to do obeisance um performatively i don't know i think i think lenny's in a real vulnerable spot he's kind of turned up or he's kind of twisted up and and he's he says you're right i'm wrong i'm gonna withdraw i'll go to the tower and jp3 says no you're not i'm the pope and you're gonna do the mission that i give you which is go out there and be the pope and i'm going to do the thing that i've always wanted to do which is shrink into irrelevance and be forgotten I think this was all Lenny's design. I don't... Okay, so I want to be a little more charitable and say that I don't think he thought that priest would be killed. But I think that he absolutely did this kind of, you know, designed with Voyello at his side. Remember, mm -hmm. this this manipulative man, I think this was all designed to get JP3 to step back so he could become the Pope again. But you needed, like, JP3, the, I, I would conclude Sir John in this scheming because, as he points out, you needed his fragility to bring in the, to, to, because this is, a, this is, a, I mean, if you're a Catholic, listen, this is just absolute schism in your church. Like, you got to come, you got to get correct on gay people and trans people and, and uh, you know, like, all types of people or you're going to be facing like strife within your congregations forever and ever because like everybody has uh, you know either they're either gay themselves or they have a cousin or a brother or you know a, a, a sister uh something that they they know like they, like this isn't you know gay people have come out and said we're here and we're wielding power in office and we're teaching your kids and mm -hmm you can't just ignore it and make it go away anymore. And JP three with his fragilities and with his imperfection and saying, we're the type of people, you know, the, 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 the ones that society sneers and looks down on um, and rejects and says is aberrant. We are the people that make up the core of the church. He brought all those people into the fold. He like healed that because he is a Pope that is very human and very sinful and very, mm -hmm. very uh, has lots of problems in his life. And, that was his strength, being able to heal that divide in the church, something that Lenny couldn't do. It's almost like, 
I don't know, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible, and I don't know how much Sorrentino is actually trying to do this, but like John the Baptist, for example, paved the way for Jesus. He came first, and he preached among the people for years and years before Christ took the scene as a way to prepare them for the idea of what Christ was going to start teaching them. He's right. the one that baptized them. It's like Linny prepared the way for John Paul III to do what he did, and then they both combined together to return the church to a guy like Voello, who can now preside over this new recharged, um, populous, um, impassioned, Catholic, but moderate Catholic church. I don't know how well that's going to work, but I think that's what has happened. And I think, but I think John Paul III, the third was definitely part of that, that scheming or he was a, a pull in the other direction to moderate the insanity that would have happened with, if, if Voello and, Lenny were left to their devices. No, I think you're right. I think that John Paul III is, or John Brannix now, is is too smart to not include. Okay, before we go on to the amazing outro, there's a couple other plot points we got to clean up here. Uh, first is Sophia, because Sophia starts this episode with a ball of fire. She's the, assa- the, the, the Vatican assassin <laughs> with the press. Um, exactly as I said last episode, she was going to go out there and categorically deny every and she, everything. She, she sure as shit did, but... She also goes to the police about her husband and the triads, dark yes. proclivities. Felt good. It did feel good as a way of resigning because, and it turns out she wouldn't even have to resign because she's like, okay, well, I'm the spokesperson for the Catholic Church and I can no longer have personal contact with the Pope. I love that she comes to Gutierrez. He's, he's I think he's the confessor for the, Everybody, yeah. for just like the Curia or the Cardinals, mm-hmm. but that she comes to him in an informal confession, just like getting advice style. I love it. Yeah. He's so great. I wish I wish I knew him in real life. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's, man. Mm. We're going to talk about it in the outro. <laughs> yeah. Boyello uh, is established as the most intelligent person in the world. It's, it's, I've, Sophia said it, I believe it. Uh, right, his exasperation because ever... like i didn't even know i thought she was just like okay i'm gonna go do my own thing because i can't be this position anymore i've compromised myself i saved the pope but by doing so i destroyed my job but then he says sooner or later you all make the same mistake you all fall in oh. love and i'm like oh yeah she's genuinely this is a genuine love affair that they've had right and she's resigning before she knows is this right that she's before John Paul the Third oh, is yeah. stepping back? Yeah, this is like in the first third of the show. So, so yeah, she's not doing it to go live with John Paul the Third. Nope. It's just it's gonna work out. It's just going to work out. It's gonna be God's gonna God's navigate plan. That matters. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they then we we then see Sir John returning back to his home, and he's got all these like this this ridiculous amount of uh, things he brought with him and he's brought back i wrote a cartoonish amount of bags yes yes are you sure we're not forgetting anything yeah (laughs) like it this looked like when down abbey has a christmas vacation episode Mm -hmm. and the whole family's going to go to scotland or something this looks like everything that lord grantham lady grantham their three princess daughters all their footmen like all of this came and it's just for one dude just right. for one dude and right. a dog and a butler. And that's the that's the funny thing about it is that in, you know, in Downton Abbey time, yeah. uh, 1930s or whatever, this would make sense to have that many bags. Yeah. Right now, you would just put these on a pallet and ship it somewhere. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, but his butler says, what should we do with the silver box? And uh, Sir John Riley says, let's keep it. Because as my mentor, Cardinal Newman, said, one never knows in life. But you know what? Sophia comes back to Sir John, and John's butler 
soon after informs him that his parents wish to see him to welcome him home. And watching these two British gentlemen lose their shit, and that means one of their eyes were brimming with tears. Both their eyes were brimming with tears, and both of their hands were clasped firmly over their mouths. Yeah, that is the British. Like these, these, this is this is anguish. This is ripping clothes. This is beat. This is tearing your hair out. This, this is, is hysterics. Screaming in the rain. Yeah. Yes. 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 This is this is this is screaming Stella out in the streets. Uh, uh, okay. It's so funny. It's, it's so, so funny, good. and but powerful. Powerful. Yeah. Um, there was one thing I wanted to talk about, which I noticed in this in the beginning of this return home scene. Mm-hmm. Is John Paul the Third? Is John Brannock's Cinderella? He he has these wild like bunnies and birds and like deer running behind him. What is the deal with that? I I looked it up and I guess this is called like fallow flocks or deers. <laughs> like the idea of like if you were a wealthy nobleman. Uh, you know, deer and other things are, are are a resource, and like it was a conspicuous non-consumption. Like I don't, I look at all these game animals I have on my land, and they're mine, and huh. I don't, I could eat them, but I don't have to because I'm so rich. Oh, okay, but that, I, that I, sounds about right. Yeah, it's it's it's, but I think now it's just turned into like, how cool is it that we have this kind of like feral zoo? But <laughs> it's cool. That seems like that's where at least a, there's a couple of medieval sources said that it's, that you had these gardens, like mm. these pleasure gardens and pleasure hunting grounds, and they were not for like eating or hunting necessarily, but for just pleasure. Yeah, like a like a, another way to display one's wealth and, and opulence. Don't know if that's true or not. But it sounded good. It certainly is in this scene. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Esther. Okay. I think Esther and the redheaded, the red hooded woman is kind of one of the thesis of this show about where sick loves end up. Not, and I'm not going where like it. There's there, you know, there's hints that maybe Esther and the redheaded woman. Uh, are more than friends, more than just uh, fellow Catholics by the end of this. Yeah, certainly. Um, I'm talking about their relationship with Lenny. Yeah, right. Like that sick kind of love. Right. The woman was just willing to spend all of her time outside his hospital room just waiting and praying. I mean, the praying part I think he'd be okay with, but just the the waiting outside and the wearing matching clothing and having the leadership. I understand why that would be problematic and obviously leads her and some other people into terrorism. I mean, Esther not willing to let go or I don't, I'm actually not sure what the original sin was. Maybe the fact that she started selling the story of her miracle to newspapers. And that's where the sick love kind of began. I mean, to be grateful and to pray about Lenny and to name her son after him, I don't think were necessarily problems. No, but like when she's like when the redheaded hooded woman says, we need Lenny's body. That's what we want. Dead or alive. We need these people to produce it. For me, it's like the Eucharist. That's a powerful statement because like the way I interpret that as a, from a Catholic standpoint is to refuse communion is to be damned. Mm-hmm. Like I need, like I, my immortal soul is in jeopardy. If I do not see this man, if I do not get what I want, like, and that is going to make someone do something rash, like kidnap a priest and six children and force the Pope to come out of hiding or right. fo- force the Pope to make a, a statement or something. Um, yeah, that's what I was saying is I'm not sure. I'm just not sure where Esther went wrong. You know, was it letting the priests molest her? Certainly not. It, 
it was it when she started accepting money for sex i mean she needed that to survive i I, to me where people always because you can advocate for almost anything um i think there's some things that are more reprehensible than others but you can you can make cases for things but the second that you pick up arms to force somebody to do something oh yeah it's just that's where it becomes can't turn back i got you Uh, and I think that's where, like, you know, going and purify, like, they could have continued to lead uh, this revolt and demand the body and gotten a bigger social media press and, and contacted press and start raising money and start applying pressure. But and that's hard work. It's easier to grab a gun and, and uh, take people hostage. Like, it literally is. It's yeah. much easier to try attempt a violent revolution than it is to, like, work through society to get change. Absolutely. Um, however, the, you know, most violent revolutions get, get violently repressed, so... <laughs> Ultimately, the chance of success very low. Um, at what point did you realize that Donna, uh, the name of the redheaded woman or, or red hooded woman, her name was Donna? Never. At no time did I realize that. Uh, no. My question is, at what point did you realize that the red hooded woman and Esther were the terrorists from the beginning? How? I thought there. I, I, I looked real close at them and I noticed that there was a lot of women, which thought struck me as odd. And there was like a blonde. I think there was like a blue eyed person uh. that struck me as odd. And then like the next scene. But, but I also I'm like, well, I don't know. Pablo Sar- or Paulo Sorrentino kind of stages these violent scenes weird. And maybe that's part of it. But then by the second time we saw them and I was thinking about how this episode is going and the sick loves and the inflamed passions of the cat. I thought, oh, there, that's what's going to happen. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, I wasn't wasn't surprised when he showed up and it was Esther and the redheaded woman. But I know, I, I feel like I didn't a lot pick of up on were. it until yeah, I didn't pick up on it until they were painting around the room. People started removing their masks, and then there's two left of the masks on. I, I you know, at the very end. There's the, a lot of things but, but once you see it, it's like pretty obvious because the body language of the hostage shakers is not. Like it looks like a lot of them don't even want to be there or, you know, there's only really maybe Esther and the redheaded woman that's just willing to like butt the priest in the head or shoot it, shoot him. So who who pulled the trigger on Don Antonio? I think it's the redheaded woman. I believe so as well. I think it's the redheaded woman. I know for sure she's the one that butted him in the face with the rifle. Absolutely. But it's either her or Esther. I'm firmly because they're the ones that are the, the, the most, most driven, driven, the most fervent. Yeah. Mm hmm. So there's a couple of, you know, I thought this, the, the, the speech the priest gave about life being beautiful. Um, it's an opportunity for love and lightheartedness. When did you lose your lightheartedness? That's pretty, mm-hmm. pretty good for a guy I didn't really care much about going into this episode. And then Lenny coming to the terrorists, yeah. not with, you know, uh, not with a bunch of Catholic fanatics, but with the legitimate organs of state. And but but showing that 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 middle way, his personal courage, that he's not afraid to confront them. But he finds out that uh, it's it's Esther and the complicated emotions are going through, like how disappointed and disgusted he is uh, with what he his the part that he's played. Um, I mean, I I don't fully understand everything that went, but the between the, the these three figures, the redheaded woman, Esther, and Lenny, um, I I I I I don't know how to articulate exactly what's going on between them, and uh, and what Esther means to the larger plot. Right there, um, it's kind of like a gratification because he's alive, gratefulness for that, 
shame, absolute shame for the There's actions. Hurt and betrayal in her eyes. Too, hurt and though. betrayal. Hurt and betrayal in his eyes. Yeah. Uh, the red hooded woman had a lot of anger. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It was. It was like incredibly I think complicated. Like he, Linny, if everything is legit and he's magic and he did a lot, pulled a lot of strings to help Esther out in her life. You know, um, ha- helped her have a child, uh, mm-hmm. kept her from committing murder. Mm-hmm. You know, like keep trying to keep her soul pure from like a, what what I think is, you know, killing people is pretty pretty black sin no matter what religion you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, prostitution, eh, whatever. Uh, but like killing people, that's that's some that's some serious business. And he spared her from that. Mm-hmm. But then she went and put herself in a situation where she took uh, another person's life, um, especially you know by all accounts, this guy's are, uh, one of the good priests. Uh, Boyella would know if he was one of the child molesters. So uh, I think that's just really interesting. That that was kind of the look and betrayal. Is like, look, I tried to do everything I could to keep you on a righteous path, and it's led to here. Mm-hmm. Versus her, like, you abandoned me, you left me alone. You know, kind of like uh, it, it's like one of those the stupid poems you see on people's walls. Like, you know, Lord, when I had a bad, where were you with me? It's like <laughs> there's only one set of footprints in the sand. Right, all you know, of that. I, I, but it's it's complicated. Right, you're supposed to trust them. You don't have to trust him, but entrust him mm-hmm. is the is the message there. So we find Esther and Donna Devisa Rosa, her name is, at this place in their life. Uh, before we move on, I just want to mention that we had a chance to interview Kika Yorgu, who played the red hooded woman, and we're going to be releasing that as a separate episode on youtube and on the podcast so you can check out a little bit more of what she was thinking and feeling during all of her scenes and background on the shooting of the show and it was a lot of fun so i hope you guys check that out too all right let's talk about uh lenny and how he ends things uh we see the crowd rejoicing in the square uh there's a sign that says lenny equals god which is that person's headed to terrorism (laughs) troubling from a theological standpoint but also is he wrong (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I was one of those Aryan heretics. I never could get my ma- wrap my mind around the idea that Jesus is God. So Lenny is a whole other thing. Um, that'd be funny if I if I embraced Trinitarianism because of the show. But the P- Pius the Thirteenth asked for forgiveness for not loving them the way that John Paul showed him he should love them, uh, and he s- explains that we confound love with madness, beauty for ecstasy. And madness and ecstasy seduce us, yet that path always leads towards the death of innocence, mm-hmm. which is a pretty profound um, and insightful statement, I think, mm-hmm. um, that these are like, uh, you've got a good version of equality, and then you've got, uh, you know, the toxic form of those qualities. Um, you know, strength is a thing we admire, but it can be perverted into bullying and tyranny. Um, and that... Instead, there is a life of happiness to be found in a sphere of gentleness, kindness, mildness, lovingness. He's essentially shorthand uh, quoting the fruitages of the spirit. Uh, if he threw in, I think, uh, mild, or if he threw in self control and tithing, yeah, tithing's the other fruitage of the spirit, though. <laughs> then he'd have them all. Um, but there's, I, I think that's like I've always thought that like one thing that Christians seem to do wrong is they take all the thou shalt nots and they don't ignore the thou shalls or they ignore the thou shalls. Like the Bible's pretty clear that you should be, you know, cheerful, gentle, kind, mild, loving. Tithing. Yeah, (laughs) always be tithing. Uh, ABT. 
Uh, but a lot of people struggle with those things, those mm-hmm. um, the, those those fruitages of the Holy Spirit, the things, the way you're supposed to know that a person has the Holy Spirit acting upon them as they display these qualities. Mm-hmm. When you look out there in Christendom, a lot of people not growing these fruits. And what is the problem there? And, and Lenny's identifying it because we accept the toxic forms of these virtues rather than their, their authentic, pure forms. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, we got to open up to the love that is possible. There again, reinforcing JP3's um, inclusion of uh, homosexuals amongst others, gay mm-hmm. people uh, into the Catholic Church. And we have to do that to fight against love that is aberrance, the, the terrorism, the fanaticism, and that's the middle way. Uh, so he's, there's a really great moment where he's debating the nature of his own divinity, and then the wind blows through the balcony. I miss that. Oh, yeah. It kind of raises his like shoulder lapels and, and a lot the same way that like the bird snatched Francis II's notes off. <laughs> yeah. And he just kind of grins and says, we don't have the answers because that's the mystery we believe, the mystery that guides our conscious, which I think is another important point because that mystery is the humility that Christians are supposed to have. Mm -hmm. The fact that like, man, I don't really know the mind of God, so better fall back on that love and mercy kind of thing Mm -hmm. more often than not. Um, And I, like I said, I thought that was a really interesting place to leave the church because then he goes down and wants to embrace everyone and he does. Clearly moving scene, amazing. Like, I, I can't even imagine the logistics of staging this thing. Uh, yeah, it's incredible because uh, there's also this song playing over it that's a pretty moving song, and then the song stops. And then you just have another couple minutes of silence. Of and then just the around. sound of people passing him. I mean, yeah, just staging that with all those people and that, that silence, which... You know, I guess this is the magic of movie making. Maybe yeah. they did some like Foley work afterwards, but it was just it was incredible. And then it seems clear to me that uh, Lenny dies either as he's being left aloud or there's I was trying to look in the, as his face to see exactly when he was under distress, when he was. But by the time he gets passed to the nuns, he's dead. Right. Yeah. And the wild thing is this is where this dreamlike quality of the filmmaking I don't know how that can literally be true that that he dies and the crowd instinctually passes him to the nuns who are there ready to accept the body and then lay him at the altar in front of the Madonna, the Lea Pieta. Right. That's where the yeah, that's that's just where the kind of like the fantasy of Mm -hmm. like I talked about John Paul III closing his eyes and being alone in a room. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same thing. At some point he went out to embrace everyone. His heart failed and he died at some point. And I think that there's there's already some conspiracy theories about essentially like, uh, you know, the fact that it was staged, the fact that they did put him on this altar and it's very staged is, you know, that you're he's going to start next season potentially swinging his legs off of it and winking at us and he'll be fine. But you've got the whole Vielo being the the old pope. Um, and also you get this fantasy sequence of Lenny on a beach swimming off into the blue. He dives and back in, yeah. He's, that's not like... That's not a real scene. He is missing, just like in the intro, he doesn't have the chest scars. That's mm-hmm. that's that's Lenny in, in heaven. Right, yeah. You know? Which is just like Earth, apparently, only better. Yeah, so, well, how long was he back? Was it three days? Oh, was it- shit. Was it really? I don't it might know. be. That would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, like the Antichrist. Yeah. The, the, huh, because the Christ stayed dead for three days right. and then came back. Lenny was dead for a year, came back for three days, and then 
died, died again. again. I hope that's what the math worked out to be because it was it was a couple of days. Now, at now least. the thing is, is if you despair of losing Lenny, I don't. If we're, there is an old Pope series, mm-hmm. I don't think we'll lose him. Like, there's going to be visions. There's going to be who knows what they could do. Like I, you know, who saw what happened at the end of this? It is. It's. 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 It's amazing to me that last year, right at the height of Lenny's powers and us all enjoying him, he has a heart attack and apparently dies. <laughs> and this, though, when we see him become the Pope, we all wanted him to be. He has a heart attack and dies. <laughs> like. It's crazy. It's very death. It's it's the Death Star, Death Star too. Like I can't believe the guy got away with it. What a fucking wild time to be a Catholic! In less than a year, you get four popes. Yeah, two of them the same, but it still counts as repopery. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the Pope that died, the the, the young Pope, uh, Francis, John Paul three, repopery, again. yeah, and then you actually have five popes in the space at that time because you forgot the, the 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 old old pope that died. Who the, the kickoff? The one that was oh, the before, one that yeah, the one was before Lenny. Yeah. So yeah, this is some so like, six popes by the end of it. This is like those bad medieval times where the popes are just getting stabbed in the back and poisoned <laughs> and popes exhumed the popes from their yeah. crypt to put them on trial the catholic and... church maybe going back to war <laughs> oh man because there's still the threat of the terrorists out there and whatever they're doing that's I don't what think i want we've... voyello to do in the old pope i want him to exhume the body of francis ii and put him on trial for stealing all the money from the the catholics <laughs> and uh but yeah it's it's pretty amazing yeah um so let's get into the wrap-up uh voyello uh, I really like the shot of him admiring Amber, like Amber's effect that she has on these men. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Where he's like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she comes in and like lazily presents his hand, he kisses her like it's the Pope. Yeah. Uh, Avuelo. And Bauer's getting married and he's going to go to Korea. I absolutely love that we got her name and the backstory and everything. That's all we needed mm-hmm. the whole time. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry I chastised you for calling her a floozy last episode. It seems like that's that's kind of what she was She's and a, is. Yeah, sex worker. She's a woman who follows him everywhere mm-hmm. and they're just going to get married. Yeah, because why not? Uh, Bauer is a sweet little octopus. <laughs> yeah. God is a sweet little octopus. God is a sweet little octopus, <laughs> confirmed. Uh, Voyle says he's going to miss Bauer, and then he also mentions that fanaticism and obtuseness are one and the same thing, which I thought, another profound statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we have Voyle in the bamboo gardens of the Vatican. He says, we have been blessed to have two truly great popes. What we now need is a man steeped in med- mediocr- mediocrity. Uh, and I love him just like because now he's fully leaning into what uh, Pius XIII said about him exerting power over his brothers. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I studied the Book of Cardinals all night and prayed fervently, but not a single name jumped out. And then Cavello's like, oh, I found the name, Your Holiness. <laughs> oh, which one? The last one, you. Uh, it's, it's fucking hilarious. And the way he looks into the camera and says, why do you always make me feel so uneasy? And, and, and the way he leaned into some of these card, like some of these Cardinals might have bucked him and he just mm-hmm. leans in their personal space and just like, you're, you know, mm-hmm. this is not going to happen again. I am going to be made Pope. Um, it's just hilarious, which leads us into the outro, um, which is scored to, uh, flumes never be like you. Yep. And it's amazing. We see Faisal released from prison because he didn't do it. Uh, and his nun mama greets him, and that's very cute. Uh, Sister Lizette finally gets to say goodbye to her mother, be at her side as she's dying of cancer, which is not so cute, mm. but poignant and emotionally. She made the trip, so she got what they were in for in the beginning. The Madonna and the Doc are expecting again. They're pregnant again. Amazing. Uh, Esther is kind of uh, 
rotting away in uh, some kind of Italian prison. Yeah. Not sure where her story is going to end up if it if this continues. Yeah, she's looking out the window, and I thought it w- might mirror the first time we see her again in the season, but mm. that's that's not true. You've got uh, Sophia and Sir John being cute at home. She's and stroking his cheek. He really likes that edge of the mouth play. He does. He does. It's his, uh, that's his errata zone. Uh, and then Gutierrez is guzzling water and smiling and looking us right into our souls beneficently, like right. the absolute fucking legend that he is. Yeah, you think that maybe he's going to hold up a glass of whiskey or something, but, you know, we got confirmation. He stayed sober, he stayed true, and... He's found a way to satisfy his, his body. kind his eyes. He's the embodiment of kind eyes. I was thinking that I've got... I want to get one of those, um, you know, LCD photo frames, and I want to find, like, one of the cinemagraph versions of him sitting there with the glass smiling at me uh with like you know wa- water kind of all around him in motion and i just want to make that the the thing that i wake up to every day yes just how could in... you not have a great day if yeah. you start that way it's gonna be fine yeah just drink water you'll you know be fine what? i'm gonna look at it af- when i go to bed too Guter- yeah yeah <laughs> like maintain eye contact until you, you fall asleep it's a new counting sheep is, is soul gazing with guterres <laughs> yeah confessing it's good for your soul yeah. drink some water confess your sins uh Guterres loves you and that should be enough for anyone <laughs> yeah uh then we get Lenny Jr. running around the Vatican which is now an orphanage uh all the shining style like Danny from the shining yeah and he runs into Voello and he says Pius Pius you're always a pain in the ass and then uh little Pius <laughs> blows him raspberries it's so funny so yeah. That also is confirmation that they got the orphans yep. in the orphanage. Seems and pretty clear. Pius, young Pius is one of because them. Because the nun, like the, the Swiss guard still saluted the nun when she went to go meet Faisal. Oh, so okay. that I think means that she's still uh, a bride of Christ. So, oh. And she was, but she was wearing street clothes. It looks like they've relaxed them. They're like, yeah. She's oh, come. so they're not cloistered anymore? No, it doesn't seem like it. All right. Or maybe there's exceptions to the cloistering. I thought maybe she left for good to go just start a family with him. I guess that you could read it that way. I just thought it's, it was interesting that the the Vatican, the Swiss Guard saluted her. I thought that they only did that to church officials. Oh, yeah. Um, but maybe that's all. The, if she walks out for the last time, I don't know. But that's how I interpreted that, that she was still going to be there as her job, but like maybe get, you know, cloister release. <laughs> Conjugal cloistering. Because <laughs> Voyel's running a whole show now. Like, how, he, yeah. how can he go back on that? The nuns would revolt. And he's. Wait, did, was he elected pope? Was that what that meant when when, when, yeah, when Pius when, ran into his red shoes? Yeah, yo, he's in the full papal gear, yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's the Pope. Oh, Absolutely shit. the Pope. Oh, shit. So, yeah, okay. he's running He's running Vatican the way it should be ran. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I, I, I would love an old Pope series with mm-hmm. Voello trying to steer the Catholic Church to some direction with the ghost of Lenny haunting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe him grooming uh, a replacement Pope. Because I think that's something that uh, Voyello would be smart enough to do. Like, you know, instead of late, like, I'm, I'm going to find a guy who's in his late 50s and I'm going to bring him along. So in five or 10 years when I'm ready to die or kick off, you know, whatever, follow Napoli, uh, <laughs> I, we'll, we'll have a clear successor. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. I would mm-hmm. love to see another season. I love this show. It's one of my favorite things. Um, it, I feel like it's this. This feels like the leftovers to me in that someone made a show purely for my own interests mm-hmm. and likes and uh and it just just hits a spot so 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 nice and satisfying and spiritual 
Um, I wish there was more things like it, but then it wouldn't be as special as it is. Yeah, absolutely. And I I like that it's more of Sorrentino's work that's more accessible to us in the States. Mm -hmm. And if nothing else, if we don't get another season, then hopefully we get something more because this is so perfect. I got to see some more Sorrentino movies. Got to see it. Yeah, got to see that one about the Italian. Loro. Loro. Mm -hmm. I got to see Loro. Uh, unfortunately, though, that's that's almost it. We do have the interview with uh, Kika mm-hmm. that, we're, that, that we're coming up on. Uh, go find that. Uh, also, if we we cover stuff around the year, Jim and I, my other, you know, he's the guy in the coma. Uh, mm-hmm. I might have just I might have just let the the Jim out of the bag. Oh no! Uh, I think he's gonna have a miraculous recovery in time for Westworld, uh-huh. which starts next week. We got the preview coverage, and we're gonna be con- covering that on HBO the entire season. Jim and Alexis are also uh, holding things down over at uh, Better Call Saul, the um, the Better Call Saul podcast. Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul. And uh, we've got lots of stuff. Fargo is just around the corner. We're going to be considering that in April on FX. And we always, each week, cover movies, all kinds of fun stuff at baldmove.com. And last but not least, if you have enjoyed our coverage of The New Pope, uh, the only reason we're able to do shows like this that are smaller, more kind of artsy-fartsy, is because we're independent podcasters mm-hmm. and ain't nobody can tell us what to cover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and occasionally we do things like this to delight us and, and a small portion of our audience. Um, and it's really important, if you like us to do those things, to support us at club.baldmove.com. Um, so yeah, if you've appreciated it, it we, we, would, we would certainly appreciate your support at club.baldmove.com uh, I hope you, I hope we see you real soon but wherever we see you uh, we'll see you then <laughs> I'm Rose Dayron and I'm Cecily see ya